Hey everybody, it's me, Ed Carbajal, uh, contributor to MMA News, MyMMANews.com, SureDog.com, and 137PM.com. Um, this is my podcast, The MMA Afterthought. Follow me on Twitter at Carbazel, spelled C-A-R-B-A-Z-E-L, and it is late on a Tuesday night. June 23rd, uh, we just coming out of another uh, UFC weekend event, UFC Vegas. So combat sports is picking back up. Things are opening back up, um, which again, if you uh, if you look at the frequency of this podcast, I was doing more and uh, it just means I'm getting busier when I, I do less. Just finished recording Coast to Coast Combat Hour. Um, that's up on the YouTube channel, the uh, Blogboard Jungle YouTube channel, if you want to check it out. But we did a full recap of the um, UFC Vegas 3 event. Looked ahead at UFC Vegas, UFC Vegas 4, which is this coming weekend. Um, and there was a submission underground, but it was on Sunday on Father's Day. And, uh, you know, Father's Day, got to spend time uh, with your dad. I spent time with my family, my dad, and... Uh, you know, um, so I'll have to catch up on submission on the ground. But I know Jessica I from the previous weekend's event competed on that card. I don't know how she did there. Craig Jones, I'm sure, submitted somebody. So I have to catch up on that. But I did get to watch the UFC, but I also got to go out to dinner. Did some outdoor dining for the first time. Um, so slowly but surely we're opening back up. But obviously I'm still, you know, I'm doing the face mask. I'm doing the social distancing. Uh most of the time whenever possible i'm saying that because uh, i've returned to training too obviously you can't social distance when you do jujitsu kind of impossible when it comes to martial arts and combat sports which brings me to why i'm recording this episode so i interviewed sergio da silva he's a seven and nine pro mma fighter he's fought ces bellator um cffc a lot of the regional stuff out here in the Northeast region where I live. And um, so if you know the name, uh, if you are a hardcore MMA fan, you probably do know the name and the news that comes with it. Sergio has uh, had some troubles in the past. And like news always does, the negative always overshadows the positive. So he tweeted out uh, towards the end of last week that he's got fight news coming and he and I kind of... Um, we're back and forth often. He does read my stuff. He shares my article. He's actually offered to help me get interviews with uh, other fighters uh, from the same region, guys that he trains with. He trains with guys like Ryan LaFleur, Shane Burgos, Lyman Good, um, a lot of fighters, Bilal Muhammad, all those guys that are out of the uh, New York, you know, this Northeast region, New York, New Jersey. Um, it's kind of a... I don't want to say a close knit group, but when you when you look at the the map of, of who knows who and connections to fighters, you'll see that there's like six degrees of separation when you get to the region. So, uh, you know, the history of the regional MMA, I, I've talked about it before. Just got to read Jim. Jim Jenia's book, Raw Combat. Um, uh, you can download it through kindle and all that stuff now but it's a great book if you need to know the history of like you know when mma was banned and stuff like that but anyway so the interview with sergio i'm gonna add it to the end of this recording but i just wanted to record 
one thing about that happened over the weekend weekend <clears throat> excuse me with um max rushkoff um he actually we actually followed each other on social media excited when he got uh the shot at the ufc and i'm using the term shot because that's what he had a shot and he took it and there, there seems to be all the i guess it's controversy over what happened in that fight you know what i mean you're gonna have your armchair just bleed guys uh you know knock him for quitting or what have you and then you're gonna have guys like uh that actually know what it feels like to be physically exhausted and going against someone that might not be putting pressure on you damaging you to the point that uh you know that you you know that you can that it's probably safer to stop than to to than to go out on your shield so to speak so um even dana white was like we don't knock the kid he took 10 days notice especially for a fight at that level which is arguably the highest level in professional combat sports in this day and age you know what i mean um because the definition of fighting you know when you but when i was growing up if you said it was fight night that meant it was a boxing match a big boxing match you know tyson versus whomever you know uh, uh, holyfield lewis type of stuff like that that was fight night but <clears throat> since the 90s and the the growth of mixed martial arts the definition of fighting has changed and also the level of uh, competition has changed. Um, Clay Collard, I don't know if you know that name. Um, fought, he fought MMA, fought in the UFC. He's boxing now, and uh, he's boxing and winning a lot. And uh, he fights for top rank boxing. They keep they featured him on last Tuesday's top rank card. Coincidentally, I think there's one going on right now. Um, but it's uh, it, it's just a testament to to show that there's levels. And, and folks that evolved to it. So Max, going back to Max Roscoff, who who uh, didn't go into the third round of his fight. I mean, he, he was 5-0 and before he got to the UFC. And he took the fight on sh- short notice. Better that he take that fight and quit on his stool than to say no to it and regret it, you know, and have his road to the UFC cut short. So now this kid's got, he's 5-1. He's you know he'll probably be back get a couple more fights he fought at titan fc so we will he's definitely on the ufc's radar on the regionals um the situation was just not ideal not everyone is 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 uh, as ready i mean when you're fighting on the regionals you're not training in these huge you know super camps and stuff like that some of these guys are just doing what they can he trains on the drysdale for jujitsu but that doesn't mean he's uh <coughs> excuse me recording this through my laptop this time so again that was an alert um so it doesn't mean that uh so he's top level he's a purple belt under drysdale i think they said during a broadcast i'm pretty sure from what i've seen in his grappling competitions he's got stuff on tiktok and and uh shared some stuff on twitter and i i feel bad i, I hope he only put his account on hold on twitter he didn't delete it because of all the stuff coming from what happened this past weekend but i just felt like i needed to add a little something for max chin up max if you if you hear this you know fights uh they can only go one of two ways and um you know he had a cut above the eye he was taking some really bad shots 
I feel like maybe there was an adrenaline dump in there because he was calm. His first round, he actually, in my opinion, won that first round. And then something happened in the second round. I think the cut happened. He took a couple of shots and then he seemed off like his hands were down. His uh, When he went for the single legs uh, to snatch up the lead leg, um, you know, it, it, it just didn't look like the max that I've seen fight before and in, and in competition for grappling and stuff. So, you know, I mean, he took his shot and it didn't work out for him. So that just lets him know he's got to go back to the drawing board and he can come back and be better, you know. So I just wanted to add that <clears throat> again. I'm recording this because uh, when we talked about it on Coast to Coast Combat Hour, my co-host Matt said something along the lines how how the stoppage and the arguing between the corner and Drysdale and him and how the fish, the the an officiant had to come in and, and stop it um, after Max said it to Drysdale a few times that he didn't want to fight, and I guess the 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 point I'm making is, you know, he Matt said that it, it, it's a bad look for the sport, but the sport always gets bad looks and it's kind of what something that me and Sergio get into again I'm going to attach that interview it's it's a lengthy one so it'll make for a good podcast episode but Sergio da Silva commented on on um, the, the the news that was put out about him you know it's a lot of negative stuff nothing no none of the positive stuff or the mis misinformation was really covered or, or re- you know, retracted or anything like that. So, um, in that sense, I, I can't help but agree um, with Sergio. And, and history says that MMA, just as big as it is, it's always going to get a, a bad rap. But all the bad raps eventually turn into something positive. And um, you know, that that's just what martial arts teaches you: you win or you learn. So while while uh, while you're quote unquote losing. You know, in the long run, it's going to benefit you. So this will benefit Max, and um, you know, hopefully, uh, something good comes of if uh, the athletic commission is supposed to be looking into that whole situation. Maybe some some new regulation or language will be written into regulating the sport in the future that'll benefit fighters and coaches and, and things like that. So I'll leave you with that before you listen to the Sergio da Silva interview again. You know, uh, this is my own personal podcast. I'm always going to keep it alive as long as I'm alive. Um, I hope folks had a good uh, Father's Day. Um, We're coming on the end of June. So this weekend's UFC in Vegas 4. Interesting card, Mike Perry versus Mickey Gall. That's the fight that calls out to me. And I know the main event is Dustin Poirier versus uh, Dan Hooker. That's probably going to be uh, uh, what me and Matt called on the other podcast, fight of the year candidate. So um, hopefully I'll get to talk about that. Um, but I, I got the interview with uh, a fighter. Wanted to upload it, share it with you guys. So thanks again for those that, that have stuck around all this time, as long as I've been on Anchor recording this thing, keeping my own podcast alive. Please give me a follow on Twitter. It's at Carbazel, spelled C-A-R-B-A-Z-E-L. Links to all my articles. I always publish there first. My link tree is there for all, all the, uh, all the, um, the mass heads and stuff to where where my articles can be seen at SureDog, 137 p.m., MMA News, MyMMANews.com. Thanks again for listening, and um, check out this interview with Sergio Da Silva. His fight, hopefully, will be in 
August, September in the Northeast region. And that's all we were allowed to discuss for now. So sorry for no, for no specifics, but those will come as uh, more specifics come on reopening. Thank you and be safe. All right, I'm talking with uh, Sergio De Silva, who uh, he caught my eye. Uh, was it last night or a couple nights ago? You said you got a fight coming up. Um, I know it's early in the stages uh, of you know, the fight news, but uh, Sergio De Silva. Last time I saw you fought, I was actually looking for the pictures before we started talking. Uh, last time I saw you fought was in in uh, New York when uh, Bellator first came over. Um, so I mean, and we we've, we've when I know we we talked pizza, jujitsu fights uh, <laughs> yeah so i mean now we're finally talking about uh about you you're uh first of all i i, I know I, I talked to you before we started recording that um i wanted to talk to you about how you handled the, the whole pandemic situation given we're kind of in the same location you coach you have students and stuff so can you just talk give us an update on how you're doing out in uh, new york which was like the epicenter obviously the biggest numbers in the state yeah, absolutely. Uh, first and foremost, thank Ed for taking the time. I appreciate it. I'm sure I, I see a lot of good things you're doing for the MMA community and taking the time to uh, interview me and doing this. I appreciate you and people who are going to listen. Um, to answer your question with the pandemic, I mean, you're you're a jujitsu guy. You know, it's it for us. It's probably the hardest thing because it's not like other businesses where everyone's talking about all these businesses that took a hit. And I'm not even speaking about it on the financial aspect, just for the love of the sport that we how are you able to social distance and be six feet away if you want to train jujitsu? Yeah. That, that's literally impossible. So um, that, that to me met the mental aspect of, it, especially early on uh, was the hardest part because having to think about like, shit, how are we like, I can't see myself, my life. And I'm sure you, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'm sure you without training jujitsu, right? Like I, I can't live my life without like jujitsu is such a big part of my life. I actually just got a tattoo on my fingers and um, I've been in martial arts since I was four years old. And um, that, to me, that was the hardest part, you know, like thinking about how are we going to go, how are we going to go back from this? And I know I don't want to make light of the situation in terms of like, I know there's a lot of people that are sick and dying. And I don't want to be like, oh, look, you know, look at this guy. All he's thinking about is himself and training. But that's a big part of my life. You know, some people, there are other things that are important to them. But yeah. I don't know where I'd be without uh, mixed martial arts and jiu-jitsu. So having to maneuver and think about how in the beginning stages of how are we going to get back to this while there were people dying you know like i said i don't want to sound selfish but that was a big part to me like how are we going to ever train again if we're not we're not even allowed to stand next to people and this girls are getting food to survive how are we going to be able to you know grapple with someone so yeah. um, that was really hard early on but as the you know the times went on the months went on the days went by and people start you know the situation started to get it looks like it's getting a little better you know like you like you touched on new york was the hardest hit area there was eight nine hundred people dying a day in new york man mm. that, that's insane imagine you turn yeah. on tv 800 people died in new york man, yeah that's so it seems like they got a control i know they're talking about a second wave i mean look i'm a big guy i'm a firm believer i don't like to suffer in anticipation um i always like to think positive so I, I want to think that, you know, we're going to come up with a cure a vaccine or we're just going to figure out that, you know, we're able to live with this using precautions, you know, um, and I think we'll, we'll, we'll be all right. I see the light at the end of the tunnel. 
Yeah, man. I mean, that it's the only way you can because we all gotta try to move forward as best as best we can. And one thing, just uh, I mean, I, I want to add to what you just said. You know, for because uh, for me, uh, you know, people talk about coping mechanisms, and uh, you know, training in jujitsu especially has been probably the most therapeutic thing I've ever done in my whole life as far as dealing with anything. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So, uh, I mean, it's, it, it's hard to stay away. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I think I said it on, my, on the podcast that I do too. You know, I'm, I already started training again with a, with a select group of guys. It's just, it's me and like four other dudes. It's yeah. the same, it's the same people over and over, you know, that's the safest we can do it. But, you know, uh, you know, some of, some have been tested and they're negative or whatever, but I mean, uh, uh, my school actually had to had to close its doors like two weeks ago. So, you know, that was kind of the catalyst that made us say, you know what, we can't sit we can't sit idle anymore. And like you said, I know I know it's a, it's a little selfish and stuff like that, but you know, it, it is how how I cope with stress, and it's you know, some sometimes you got to do uh, what's best for for you. You know. I, yeah, and I think that just to go touch back what you said, I think a lot of people who it's usually the people who are not involved in the martial arts world that don't realize how important and how, right, the word we keep hearing now is essential, right? How yeah. important jiu-jitsu is. I have kids who are, like, um, literally would be on the streets if not for jiu-jitsu, you know? Like, yeah. what do they do? I, I, I don't know what they're doing. I have kids that are overweight. And I don't say just kids, adults as well. Overweight, high blood pressure, diabetes, all that stuff. And when they were consistently training, weight went down, stress level went down. That's the sign of killers, stress. A lot of people don't talk about If you're able to go out and, and roll and and... and and get all that frustration out you know i don't have to tell you but the people listening the mats will humble you man yeah that's will humble you right the most mats don't lie right you can say whatever you want you can do you want to be arrogant you want to have an ego get on the mats yeah that'll that'll that'll, that'll straighten it out right now right <laughs> everybody i'm a black belt i think i believe you're a black belt as well correct yes sir yes um you know more than that right there is never someone that you can say won't humble you i don't yeah. care how good you are i've trained with the best guys in the world you know um i don't have to name that but you know people know i've trained with literally the best black belts in the entire world and i've had success with a lot of them but a lot of them whooped my ass i went home thinking man i'm i don't <laughs> want like my belt is like i felt worthless because i was like how did that guy just toy with me that way and don't get me wrong i'm not you know i've had my moments too but there's always somebody right so on that aspect of it it's essential, right? To be able, people don't realize how much being able to get on a mat and train and the camaraderie that we have and how yeah. important that is to your everyday activity. And there's only so much you can do at home, right? The first month is, ah, giggles. All right, we, you know, we're having time away from work, you know, the first week, first mm -hmm. couple of weeks, first month. Now we're what? Four months in. And it's just yeah. eventually like, there's only so many burpees you can do. There are only so many jumping jacks you can do, squats, before you actually want to really go out and train. So um, similar to you, I've been training with a select group of guys, um, and I think that's the the best we can do right now. And you know what's funny? <laughs> I just just jumped in my head because you mentioned it. Like your group of guys is obviously going to be on another level than the group of guys I'm training with. Because yeah. you know, being a being someone that's fought professionally, and you just like everybody knows that you you have that you're connected with the pro fighters that fight out in New York. So. Um, uh, you tweeted that 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 you got some fight news coming. I, I know you can't say a lot, but I mean, yeah. do you think uh, the state of? I mean, when you look at the state of sports, and uh, like where we're at, especially combat sports, 
is it because of what we're in the opportunity was created for you or or did you seek it out because i know you were kind of i mean we we've again we've communicated a lot i know sometimes you would be uh you were getting uh you were set with coaching and teaching yeah um they call you back or yeah well the hardest thing for any fighter i think and i don't want to speak on uh, like to say generalized but i think the hardest thing about it is we are so competitive and when this is part of your life it's so hard to walk away i've tried so many times all right i'm just gonna focus on coaching and training guys but you always get that itch and i'm the type of guy that if i'm in good shape and i'm training well with you know again without name dropping but if i'm training well with guys who are in the ufc guys who are at the top level of the game and i'm doing fine and i'm in shape and i'm i feel like damn i got one more you know like it's always like all right one more one more i think that the the hardest thing you know, to, and to answer your question, did they come and call? Yeah, you know, um, without going into too much details, because I can't, the fight, I, I haven't signed a contract yet, so I don't mm. like to speak about it until it's signed. And see, I might not even get an opponent, right? Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they reached out to me, and they were like, you know, we're going to do this show with no crowd. It's going to be in the summer. Um, regionally, uh, it might be in PA or, or New Jersey, and um, there's going to be no crowd, which is, to me, I thrive off of the crowd. Yeah. Um, I've always been, since I was an amateur, I've always been a huge ticket seller. I've always had tremendous support. I've always had a lot of people come all the way from New York City, all the way down to Atlantic City, where I did most of my career. Two, three hundred people I've brought, brought into a to fight. It, it would be a weird situation for me because I've never fought without a crowd. I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, I mean, like, I, like going back to, to your question is, yeah, they reached out to me. I don't think the situation uh, was because the pandemic is why they reached out to me. I just think that they want promotions are going to want to stay somewhat relevant. And the fighters mm-hmm. need to fight, right? Yeah. Just, fighters need to fight. And I think that um, especially with everything going on now, there's going to be a lot of guys that are going to be looking to fight. Yeah. I think they're looking to match guys up. And I think that I'm, I'm, a, I'm an interesting story. Uh, and I think that having me on the card is probably a smart idea. Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely something that, um, uh, like you said, I mean, w- fighters need to fight. I mean, a lot of folks, you know, when this whole thing started, there was the people talk about the fear and the safety and stuff like that. But, you know, that's that's, you know, everyone has their own mentality and, and outlook on something. And uh, Listen, when you look you want, not to cut you off, you want to go ahead, <laughs> fear and safety. I'm not trying to make it over dramatic, but. No offense, and and I have total respect for everyone who's passed, you know, due to the COVID virus. But I think I, I, if you're successfully multiple times fought and literally signed a contract to lock yourself in a cage with another human being, knowing that there's really, I I don't think the COVID is gonna keep us away from it. You know, I think we have bigger fears in the back of our minds than the COVID. Well, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's funny. It's funny you bring that up because, like, you know, it, it's, it's even if there was no pandemic, what you do is still super dangerous. That's what I'm saying. So, I, I think I think I'm more fearful of getting fucking my head. Oh, excuse my language. Getting my head kicked <laughs> off than I am of of yeah the, the COVID. You know. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. I think that's a big uh, concern. So, so I mean, uh, I gotta ask you something because I know you you made you made note of it. Uh. And I tweeted back to you because I was actually looking for the file. I'm looking through the file before we started talking. So back, because uh, you fought, I mean, that, which which had to be 
Uh, I know I know the fight didn't go your way, but it had to be a great uh, feeling for you uh, with fighting on that first Bellator card in New York City in Madison oh, Square man. Garden. Um, but were you were you joking around at the weigh-ins thing? I remember when you were on you were, did the thing. I didn't know if you were joking or what, but you had hinted at it, and I was like, I know I got video or pictures of that somewhere. Yeah, yeah, about the scale, about moving. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, long story short. Not to get into the full details about that, I had a little issue with the with the weight cut for that mm. fight, and you know, life, you know, life happens and things happen. I'm not the first, I'm not the last. You see, Daniel Cormier, world champion, use a towel, right? No one talks about that, right? Before yeah. I did, DC did, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so you get there, right? You're trying to make weight. You know that the New York Commission is very strict, right? I've been fighting professionally for a decade now. I'm a huge Knicks fan. I'm a New York City guy. Yeah. New MMA, you know, a lot of people, some people don't know, it was illegal in New York until, yeah. what, five years ago, maybe? Four years ago? They lifted the ban in 2016. All right, four years ago. Yeah. I didn't know if I would be ever be able to fight in my hometown. I yeah. literally was fighting professionally without being able to fight in New York. So I was traveling to fight. They come to New York. I'm overweight. I'm thinking, shit, if I don't make... if. That number on that scale, I literally did everything in my power to make that weight. Yeah. I knew that they could cut, cut my fight. I was going to do whatever I had to do to make sure that fight happened. You know? Um, so, yeah, I was joking on the scale after the fact that that was the ceremonial weigh-in before mm. I, the one I had an issue with. After I was fully hydrated, I said, you know what? The fight's on, man. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, that was that was definitely a a, a, a big time for us in the Northeast, especially if you if in the New York area, because uh, that was a big deal, man. I mean, I remember that. I remember that whole fight week like it was yesterday, yeah. um, which is why I have the. I know I have the file, uh, you know, and everything. But uh, uh, a lot a lot's happened since then. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about about the stuff that happened after that. I, I know we talked about it before we started recording. But you know, obviously, you 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 were you. There was a time where you couldn't fight because you got involved in something else. So whatever you want to say about that, I mean, folks folks are going to want to talk about the the whole bank robbery thing. So I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you. I mean, you can say uh, the floor is yours to speak on that before we talk about uh, moving forward. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so as you know, without getting into too much details, um. I was accused of a, a pretty serious crime. I was facing up to 25 years in prison. Um, if not, shout out to my man, David Fish, who's my attorney. Um, that guy saved my life. And, uh, you know, it's it's unfortunate what I had to go through. Um, thank God it's over. It's behind me. And it's uh, something that I, I don't hide. You know, I don't hide anything that's happened in my life. It's part of who I am. And, um, you know, I had a really shitty situation. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know the full details of the case. They just go by what they read in the media, mm -hmm. what they newspapers, and you know, without getting too political, you know. But one of the things, one of the quotes I, that I have to support Trump on is when he says "fake news." You know, people read a headline and they automatically assume there's a lot of things that were wrong on my case that a lot of people didn't speak about. And it's really nice to see that what's going on in the Northeast and uh, the country, but especially in the Northeast. The governor Cuomo signed over the police reform because one of the main things that they are going to do is that they're making it mandatory for the police officer. And and I have I have family member and I train a lot of police enforcement. I have nothing but respect for what they do. But mm -hmm. one thing always against and this talks specific. I'm giving you something very. This is a juicy one right here. 
<laughs> it's very specific to my case, okay? Had, mm-hmm. this, had this reform been signed into my case, I don't even go to trial, right? Disciplinary action of police officers make it mandatory to the public, right? Meaning if there's this police officer that has a track record, right? Let's mm-hmm. make sure able to see it because in my specific case, the gentleman that was in charge of my case had an interesting, no one talks about this, right? Had a very interesting issue where New York City, he was found guilty. He wasn't found guilty, I'm sorry, because they settled, right? Mm. This officer fabricated evidence against a homeless guy, sent him to prison for four years for guess what? Long and behold, commercial robbery, mm. right? So you do the math. The same officer that dealt in my case had a commercial robbery guy do four years. The guy said he didn't do it. The city settled because it was found that he was fabricating evidence against the mm. state. My argument was the evidence in my case was also fabricated. Have we had this reform that are doing now due to the George Floyd case? Mm my attorney would be able to go to the jury and say, wait a second, wait a second. Mr. De Silva is arguing that this specific officer used something that is not his. And look at what we have here. On his file, this guy has done this before. What do you think the jury would have said right then and there? I mean, yeah. If, 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 if there's history, then, then yeah. Now, now. Let's just go back a little bit now. Before this was signed in by Governor Cuomo, mm-hmm. you weren't allowed to bring that up. Wow. Right? Yeah. So, which goes back to the George Floyd case. This guy has 17 prior disciplinary actions. He shouldn't have been a police officer. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. He had that, right? This guy shouldn't have been. Again, I don't want to get political, but if we yeah. use common sense here. And he had a shooting, too. If I and I, if I'm not mistaken, it, it, I don't know the details of that one, but he, someone got killed. Mm. That, that guy should. I'm not saying, not every different yeah. case, but once we're able to start lifting these things, I think that's a big step in the right direction. Not making any accusations, not accusing. Any, all I'm saying is, if I was able to use disciplinary actions from the past, <laughs> my case wouldn't even got to. The media never spoke about that. No yeah. one ever spoke. It was just the headlines, you know, MMA, big, bad, tattooed MMA fighter, criminal bank robbery, you know. So a lot of people didn't know details of the case. I wasn't able to speak about it. Yeah. Because I was in the middle of a trial. Yeah. You know, but that's just one of the many details. Yeah, yeah. I was never arrested. A lot of people yeah. don't know that either. I was never arrested. I turned yeah. myself Right. So just let's use another common sense. Right. If I'm reading the papers and I'm reading this and I'm thinking to myself, the guy's accused of bank robbery. They're saying he has all this money. They raided my house. I wasn't home. No evidence, no, no mask, no guns, no weapons, no money. Nothing was found. Right. Now we go to his house. We're looking for him. He's not home. Let's see. Common sense says, right? I could have tried to be instead. You know what I did? I I went in. I called. I said, wait a second. Wait, you guys got it wrong. Let's let's straighten this out. I turned myself in, right? A lot of people don't know that because the headline says arrested. Yeah, yeah. You know? So it's so in people's mind is, oh my God, they locked him up. They went to his house. They found all the evidence. Now he's going to go to jail for 25 years. 
there's a lot of things that were incorrectly stated in my case. Mm-hmm. And what upset me the most was that, and you know, that's why I don't mind speaking about it, is that once it was all said and done, whereas this, you didn't hear anything about it. Yeah. After after the fact, you didn't. Before the fact, a million articles. After the fact, zero. Not one. Not one. Not one of the outlets. They went yeah. as far as I think it was TMZ Sports. They went as far as. I was getting home one day. They went as far as saying that I was coming from a shopping spree with the money. I, like, are you like lying about my location? Yeah. You know, and wow. I was, and I had to, so mentally I had to go through a lot, man. A lot of people don't know. I had to sit there and keep quiet, went, kept my head out, be positive. I got two kids that look up to me yeah. and put up to court. Never missed this. <clears throat> Here's another thing too. A lot of people don't know. I was out on bail, right? Who gets accused of bank robbery, which is a major felony, and gets released on bail for zero dollars? What yeah. is that? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you know what? It, it's crazy that that. I mean, the, the thing about news, and and I know I, I mean I I, talk, I don't even really consider myself a journalist because I like to write stories yeah. about fighters and the stuff that you guys do. I think that makes for for building the sport, and and uh, it it you do a lot of positive stuff. Now, like, I mean, the stuff that we've talked about and, and gone back and forth, like, like none of that ever makes it to the papers. No, those stories... that, it's funny. You, let me bring that up. Sorry to cut you off. That's another thing, too. It was bad. MM, it was an MMA fighter. All the pictures they posted of me was fight pictures where I have the mohawk and my tattoos showing. They did not <laughs> want, not one time that they said, I volunteer for the church in my community for the past, I would say, Shayla's 15. I was paid the past six years. I voluntarily, no pay, has coached basketball, soccer, softball, baseball, um, every sport you can think of. I've coached over, I would say, 500 kids in a month mm. lifetime. Okay? my Part of my community service um, was that I had to volunteer and do something like that, which I was already doing before. So my probation officer was like, wait a second, you've been doing this already. Correct. No one knows. Not yeah. one time, like you said, they never made the paper. Not one time did anyone say, not one time did they post a decent picture of me with my family. Not one time they mentioned I've had kids. Not one time they said, I, I, like all the positive stuff, not one thing, man. Not one. I had to stay quiet. I was like, all right, no problem. So, yeah. you know, that, that, that was the, the, the toughest part, having to read all the bad things about you. And again, it's a, this is an, I'm in the entertainment business, you know, like, like it or not, fighting is entertainment. Yeah. Right? Like in terms of like, it's a sport, right? So you people, the whole savage persona and, and the mohawk, people, not, they also didn't say that I have a criminal justice degree. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I, I, I had a, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I had a 3.97 GPA, you know, I, people don't even know I got a college degree. Um, again, not one time did they speak about that. All this positive. I went to the school with uh, John Jay College of Criminal Justice where they had the number one recruit for all police officers and every law enforcement. My school is basically on law enforcement. Mm. I support law enforcement. I train law enforcement. I do. I have family members in law enforcement. I'm not against the police. I'm for the police. I understand. I understand that not every bad police, there's not every cop is a bad cop. But not one time did they touch on that. It was always bad. And you know the video that they kept posting? The way in because I'm a cheat. Oh, he's cheat. It was yeah. everything negative. As they literally went and found as much negative thing that they can about me and try to paint that picture of a, a fucking badass, excuse me, like badass, marginal criminal MMA fighter. And people that don't know me, unfortunately, read that stuff and that's what they believe. 
you know yeah so you can't you can't allow that to affect you no you can't and and uh it's it, it says a lot about how i mean no, no matter how popular the sport gets i mean i know it's on espn now and things like that you know mixed martial arts and combat sports in general always has to carry this like this weird badge of like you know negativity because of what it is you know oh it's it's violent and you know especially mma they've called it cockfighting boxing has had its has had its hurdles in the past too i mean uh, just as a whole it, it's it seems like there's always this thing that 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 you know never makes it to the to the public eye and um i mean that's kind of why i do what i do like i try i you need guys like 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 to to talk about the positive thing in the sport which is when I saw you had a fight, you know, you said you got to fight Bruin, you know, I'm like that. This is this is a story that needs to be told. Um, and uh, given the fact that your location and stuff like that, I, I knew you would have some stuff to share about uh, just trying to trying to maintain and keep keeping as, as a teacher to, of martial arts to other people and kids and stuff like that. You know, just I know I know you'd have a story that needs to be heard as far as moving forward and getting through this thing as a whole i mean you 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 wake up every day and, and try to put up something positive um so that's why i wanted to get i wanted to get you on before you even mentioned the fight news just because of your your uh your position as as a martial arts instructor and teacher and coach so um i mean before with i mean i know the fight is not set yet um and you, and you can't say much because of where we're at and, and the region that we're in but like as far as returning to uh uh teaching and coaching and stuff like that like are do you find yourself or are you getting stuff sent to you as far as like protocol you know with the with taking temperature cleaning and yeah, stuff like that so yeah so the main thing for them is first right you know how it's breaking up to regions uh, yeah right new york was broken up to different regions and then yeah. different phases i believe the gym is phase three we're heading to phase two and on monday so okay. i think in the next three weeks, maybe the next month, I think we'll be open. And yes, I did receive protocols um, from corporate, uh, the gym I'm at now. So they're going to do like temperature checks. I'm sure they're going to have a limit of people that can be in the gym. I just don't know how you can monitor that when it comes to jujitsu. Mm. What they're going to probably do, I think their most scale is lawsuits. I know the guys I train, they'll sign a blank waiver for me if I ask them. Yeah. Um, I think what they're going to do is they're going to have a lot of different waivers and they're going to make sure to say, look, by training jujitsu, you're going to be at risk of contracting COVID because you're in contact with someone. Yeah. Right? I can see like hitting the bag and the kickboxing and the boxing able to do that. But jujitsu, you're going to have to risk the fact that you're going to be able to get in contact with it. So it's going to come down to, and, the, and out of a hundred guys, I'm going to say a hundred guys are going to be willing to start back to change are they going to have protocols absolutely are they willing to train it's so it's so simple no one's putting a gun to your head right listen this is the risk this is the, this is what you're gonna do do you want to get back i got guys messaging me every single day yeah. let's get back let's get back they're ready to back today so yeah. do I, I, it doesn't matter the protocols i'll follow whatever the guidelines are but i think that when it comes down to the waiver it's going to be like look this is the risk are you willing to take it and look if you want to take it you take it if you don't you don't and, and yeah. it'll be hard feelings like, if you don't want to train don't train but I think for the majority of the guys, guys like myself, I'm I'm going to be training. I'll train tomorrow. Yeah. No, that's why it's funny when you were mentioning I started laughing because <laughs> I, I thought about what I told my instructor. I was like, I said, you want me to bring my own thing, take my temperature and show it to you? I'll, I'll do it. Like, <laughs> so, but um, yeah, man, I mean, it, it, I think it's great that that uh, that you get that. Hopefully you can get fighting soon wherever it is and wherever it's at. Um. 
And I appreciate you sharing your story, man. I mean, I feel like you uh, you never really get enough of a platform to, to, to tell your side of things. I'm, so I'm glad that I could at least do that for you. Um, and uh, hopefully enough people will listen, man, because, uh, I mean, um, fighters and stuff, you know, the sport, combat sports, I mean, I mean no, no matter how popular it gets, we never get a... We never get a fair shake. I mean, even the whole culture, the guys that write about it, guys that train, guys that fight, you know, it, it's always, uh, uh, someone's always looking down yeah. at, at, at it as a whole. So, um, I mean, not. You hit the nail right in the head, right? What you said. No matter how professional the sport looks, it could be on ESPN, it still has a negative stigma to it. But I will say this, though. The nicest guys I've ever met in my life, the guys I would bring into my house, the guys I would bring around my family, are guys I met through martial arts school doesn't matter. The nicest guys I've met was through martial arts. The stigma, right? I get why people who don't understand the sport have that, right? If a UFC fight goes on, right, and the guy just grapples and no one gets hurt, they won't show that in the highlight. Now, if I, if Tony Ferguson slices somebody's face open, there's blood dripping, what mm -hmm. do you think they're promoting? That's what they're going to promote because they're trying to get that, that, oh, my God, what a dangerous sport. I've been in there enough times to understand that, yeah, there is risk to it. Yes, it is dangerous. But you know what? What about football? You're, you're literally tackling people. You see guys getting paralyzed from it. You know, and it's, and it's a major sport. What about boxing? Continuous head trauma, right? You could get knocked down and get a concussion, come right back up and fight again. So the stigma is because of the entertainment aspect of it. People are trying to sell an image of blood and gore. You know, the UFC itself, like, look look at a highlight. When you see a fighter's highlight, they show, like, the... Yeah. Him knocking somebody out cold. They don't show him from submitting someone. Like, I mean, maybe if he's a grappler. But for the most part, if I have a lot highlight, I'm going to use me specific, where I'm knocking somebody out cold versus if I'm putting someone in a chokehold, they're going to promote the knockout 10 times more. They'll show 10 knockouts before they show one submission. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? so I mean, it, it's what they're trying to sell, yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's why I think education helps a lot too. But I mean, the the one thing you know, it's weird. We talk, we're joking around about 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 uh, the stuff we talked about on on uh, social media. I mean, given your location and the stuff we've been through with the initializing of the the beginning of the pandemic, like it's kind of good that that so so you have a fight that that that's in motion. But as far as timing with, with training and stuff, you know what I mean? Like, we've been, you know, binging stuff on TV. Have, there was a point yeah. where we weren't training. So where are you at physically as far as, like, your weight and all that? So thank God I've been training myself every single day. So yeah. five days a week, Monday to Friday, I train myself. So that part. What I think is going to be missing, and again, I think also for my opponent. So it's going to be fair to both. Uh, but the, the extra bodies, the work with, like, you know, a room with 20 guys where we're rotating a shark tank where I'm getting different looks. And mm -hmm. I, that's what's missing, the timing, the actual time. So, yeah, I'm hitting pads with one guy, maybe two guys, but the actual gauntlet of going through multiple different training partners, I think that's the part that is going to be missing the most. But in terms of conditioning my weight, it's really good because I'm training. My, I can run, I can go outside, I can go to the gym. So all that stuff is good, but I think the timing of the actual – live sparring live rolling is what what's yeah. missing yeah man i mean it's definitely uh i feel like i feel like it might it's it's hard but i mean given your history and and, and the people you know I'm, I'm i'm sure you'll get i'm sure you'll get it done man yeah i uh, got enough time i'm fine cool so anyway sergio uh thank you so much i mean if there's anything you want to plug or shout out let pe folks know where to follow you which i mean yeah. to, to the folks that listen to this 
Sergio's a good follow, man. I mean, he's, he's funny, he's, especially during fight nights, watching fights. I mean, you're, I appreciate your 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 uh, your um, analysis when you know the stuff you put out there. I mean, uh, I mean, just uh, put it out there, man. Whatever you need to plug. Yeah. First, again, I'll repeat what I said when I started. Thank you, Ed, for taking the time um, for having me on. My social media's ha- uh, handle is at the savage. Uh, T-H-E-S-A-V-A-G and then the number 125 because once upon a time I was a 125er <laughs> uh, so at the Savage 125 and um, yeah man I appreciate the, the shout out uh, just want to thank this guy uh, David Fish uh, who's my attorney he's a good friend of mine I don't just say attorney he's like a family member he literally saved my life I'm not here if it's not for him um, my family uh, my wife who's been through the whole time stuck by me my, my kids uh, they're my rock uh, my teammates, you know, still haven't been able to train much with guys at Long Island MMA, but those guys have done a lot for me throughout the years, especially Ryan LaFleur, former UFC fighter. Ryan's helped me behind the scenes more than anyone even knows. The guy, you know, I, I love Ryan. And, um, yeah, I just can't wait to get ready to fight. And um, that's it, man. Thanks for the platform. No problem, man. And, uh, I mean, obviously, when you had, when you can't do more details, I mean, we should definitely do it again. I like talking to you, man. It's the first time we talk live out, out off of social media, so I appreciate yeah. it. No doubt, man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you. Well, thank you.